Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. Well, maybe it's a special episode, Todd. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? Ryan, it's great to talk to you tonight. Special night. Special night. That's right. This is, uh, we are recording this a little ahead of schedule uh, that we normally do uh, because we have returned to uh, some fertile theoretical territory that this uh, podcast has gone over before. We are returning to the Christmas film. And, by popular uh, demand, actually. By popular demand, that is true, yeah. And um, obviously, tis the season, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is going to go out, uh, I think, ahead of Christmas. Um, and we, which is when we normally record, we normally record on Saturdays, a little behind the curtain right there, bingo, yeah. boingo, um, is to talk about, we're going to restate our thesis from the earlier episode, which is that the Christmas film is not just something that takes place on Christmas, Todd. Like just right. doesn't right. isn't isn't just just happens on that day. Um, it is it has to do two things. This is what we this is how how many years ago was it we did the the two? I think it was th- two years ago. Yeah, two, two years ago. Yeah. So we had this is our thesis statement that the Christmas film does two things. Uh, the first thing it does is it has a character who is uh, saved from cynicism. Now, to be very clear on this not a character who is conveniently moved to accept a platitude, but someone who is saved from uh, detrimental, like existentially damaging cynicism. The right. great example is, of course, It's a Wonderful Life. That's, I mean, that that's um, like maybe like, uh, like the, the pinnacle of both of the, the, the our, um, our, th- like the, the the two pillars of our thesis statement for right, uh, for right. the the Christmas film, like the It's a Wonderful Life, is the 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 the, like the clear best exemplar. Are so that's when we say safe from cynicism. It's not just like someone is a little down and sad, and then they um, find some sort of ideological happiness. That's not where we're we're talking about like a a, uh, a an existential a dialectical transformation, as we like to right. talk about. The second thing is the uh, it's this is uncanny that this happens in uh, all the time, but the all, uh, the, time. Ca- all the time the castration of the father or the father right. figure or some authority figure, some um, symbolic authority. Right. Yes, exactly. So that's that's it. The uh, b- the character who is rescued from uh, existentially uh, detrimental cynicism. Okay, and then the second thing is the castration uh, acceptance of the castration of the father, uh, some father figure, some authority figure. And uh, we went over that. What were the five films we did back then? So the five films were It's a Wonderful Life, Three Days of the Condor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Shop Around the Corner, right? Uh, Die it's Hard. A, Die Hard and It's a Wonderful Life. And White Christmas. Oh, White Christmas. You said It's a Wonderful Life. White yeah, Christmas. right. Okay. That's, that's I already said White Christmas? No. You already, it's a Wonderful no, Life. No, no, no. No, I, I, I reversed it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Die Hard, unambiguously uh, a Christmas film. Um, it's as, as we proved... Um, the, uh, the only thing that troubles it, I think we did go over this is the, um, Al Powell, uh, shooting, what's his name right. at the end. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the thing right. that troubles it because that's right. That is, it's like opposite. he overcomes his castration. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Although he doesn't, he, the only thing, cause I watched it recently. He just, yeah. just, just a brief tangent on Die Hard. He doesn't look pleased. I will, I will say that. Like he well, doesn't that look, is true. 
He doesn't like true. he doesn't he feels he he it, it still reminds him of the previous thing. It seems like. So that's what that's right. one thing I'll right. I'll say uh Reginald Vil Johnson played that moment I think really well. Um but yeah, those are the five films we did back then. Uh today we are going to we're we're going to be in one period and in indeed the period that concretizes what the Christmas film is and does. And uh that is why title of this episode is the Christmas film, even though we right. talked about them before, but it's in the 1940s. And it's really interesting. If you look at the, uh, at the history of um, Christmas and film, like it, it, it goes all the way back to, like I sent this to you before we recorded, like it goes all the way back to 1898. There was, it's uh, amazing. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's a British film. Uh, is it, uh, is it a, a Christmas Carol or is it? Uh, no, it has something to do with Santa Claus. No, it's Santa Claus. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that it's older than science fiction. Right, like it's 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 <laughs> <That's>, really, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty that's fascinating. Ama- and speaking of science fiction, George Milius d- directs uh, a, an early uh, right, Christmas film as well. It was like like nineteen oh seven or something like that. All it's right. crazy. Right. But the as far as like how how we understand the Christmas film, there's really two eras, and uh, the first one is here in the 1940s, and the second one is in the 1980s, um, right? Which has I you know. A Christmas Story, which is a 1983 film that's about the 40s, and it has the same temporal gap that one of the films we're going to talk about today does, uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. And so this is where we're going to start. We're going to talk about three films, Meet Me in St. Louis, Holiday Inn, and Christmas in Connecticut. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis uh, is diegetically in 1903, uh, but the film is made in 1944. So it's, again, that same, like, sort of uh, 40-year, like, multi-generational temporal gap that a Christmas story has as well. So in uh, next year, we'll probably going to do the eighties, uh, eighties film, the eighties Christmas film. But for, for now we're going to look at like how the Christmas film like takes its shape, uh, again, like, you know, uh, uh like philosophically, ideologically, right. Right. In right. this, uh, in this period. Um, and meet me in St. Louis, which everyone says is a Christmas film. I think you and I are going to say that it's not. So that's like, it's a quasi Christmas. It's a quasi Christmas. It's very famous because of course, in the uh, final uh, act of the film, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, it's like, it's very much like a, um, it's very much like a, like a, like a day in the life kind of thing, but like for seasons for this family in St. Louis, uh, that's it's turn of the century, uh, to, uh, like, like older, well, not old, but like older daughters. There's two younger daughters, and the the two older daughters are trying to get married, and the two younger daughter, daughters are like causing mischief, and the father right. is having like a job crisis. He might move the family to New York, and that like there's um, not a lot of tension or conflict in the movie. Uh, yeah, there's it, it not. A, That's it's a true. Musical. It's, it's something that. So anyway, but the um, uh, probably best known for uh, Judy Garland's. Uh, I mean, this is the, this is the have yourself a merry little Christmas. Like that's it's like from this movie. Like it's kind of crazy the songs that are from this movie that are just like a part of culture. I will say, skip um, to my Lou, right? Skip to my yeah. It seems like how is that even invented? That just seems like that should have been just a folk song. Like that, that no, way, no way that that had was invented and in, like with a concrete date in 1944 for this particular movie. But um, right. Right. yeah, so um, Mimi in St. Louis. Uh, you, I mean. You and I have neither of us had seen it, but um, what uh, what brought us there? Why? Because you you told you told me to watch it the other day. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just because you know you know what I'll tell you what brought me there. I mm-hmm. was watching a two thousands Christmas film called The Family Stone, which is pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And one of the characters was on 
late on Christmas Eve watching Meet Me in St. Louis, which she okay. did every Christmas. Okay. okay. So it was a, you know, so it was a, because for her, that was the holiday mm. film to watch. Although, in many ways, it's not a Christmas film because it's not totally centered around Christmas, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the most obvious thing. Although I should say that that's true of, I mean, It's a Chris- Wonderful Life takes goes a lot of different times. Yeah. Even White mm-hmm. Christmas goes mm-hmm. through a lot of different times. Holiday Inn spends most of its time in other parts of the year. So I don't well, think don't, that that's... Well, don't, don't blow past that. This is a thing yeah. that, formally speaking, Christmas films tend to have this vignette structure. And right. I think this is under-commented right. on. I mean, you, you see this especially in something more recent like Love Actually. But the, the, the vignette is um, almost... Well, it's not intrinsic, but it's like endemic, I guess I would say, to the to the Christmas. Yeah, film. because there are exceptions, right? Like Christmas Vacation is an exception, Die mm-hmm. Hard is an exception. So there are exceptions where there. Christmas not, in Connecticut not, is is an exception. Is a great exception, and yeah. I think it's all the better for not being a vignette film. But you're right mm-hmm. that that is. I think people still will call those Christmas films, and I think we would even call mm-hmm. some of them mm-hmm. Christmas films. But I think the problem with Meet Me in St. Louis is that there's not. It's not. And maybe this is the the why we both think it's generally a failure. Although I th- I still would recommend seeing it because I think yeah. there's some really great stuff toward the end. Mm. It's way too long, and the beginning is really belabored. Mm-hmm. Um, when the tension is like whether we're going to have dinner at five thirty or six thirty, you know that there's <laughs> not enough tension in the film. I think fair. fair. It's true. It's yeah. true. That well, that's, that's the first hour yeah. of the film. Basically, that the- that's the tension. So that's a little bit of a problem. Um, and I think maybe the problem is the director had his eyes on the the young girl that was yeah. the lead star, which is a little is kind of a um, what do they call that? Like a, a December, uh, oh, January, oh, a May, May, December romance. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever it yeah. is, it's, it seems not exactly appropriate. But anyway, Judy Garland um, was married at the time, but d- uh, divorced to marry uh, Vicente. Um, uh, Minnelli uh, and, and they—they they were the parents of Liza Minnelli. Of Liza right. Minnelli, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, right. yeah, so still, still creepy, Vicente. Um, right, <laughs> right. But, yeah. but not a, but not a lot going on. But, mm-hmm. but I think you could still, uh, the fact that it that 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 Christmas is only one of the four seasons doesn't necessarily exclude it mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. being a Christmas no. film. No. And the Christmas scene is really amazing. Just like yeah. you said, there's this amazing thing where Judy Garland singing. I think the other thing that I really liked about it is that the Christmas day itself is just mm. an absence within the film. So they're, yeah. they're like, there's all this kerfuffle on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then the father pronounces the big, the big tension in the film is, are, is the family going to move to New York yes. or is it going to stay in St. Louis? It seems like a fait accompli. The father announces they're going to move to New York. And that just seems like the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on Christmas Eve, he sees the younger daughter, who's the most interesting character, her name is Tootie, mm-hmm. destroy her snow family outside. Like, yeah. if I can't see it, no one can see it. Yeah. And because I can't bring, I can't make a snow family in New York. Mm-hmm. And then he changes his mind. And then, even though it's, they, they look at their watch or the clock and they're like, oh my God, it's already Christmas Day. Let's just open presents. So, yeah. so, <laughs> there's, so the whole notion of like waking up to open presents, that's that's out. Like they that just was why Tootie was up in the first place is she was right, uh, right. trying to see Santa. That was the, yeah, that right, was the whole thing. Right, yeah. right. 
Which yeah. then I think blew up the myth of Santa for her because the presents <laughs> were already there and she didn't see him come. So that's a whole problem. But yeah, um, but, yeah, they just yeah, they just they just, they just went through that. That that was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. So that that scene, her destroying the snow, uh, the snow people, as she calls them, the or maybe that's uh, Esther Judy Garland's character calls them the snow people. But yeah, it's the it's the family. It's the whole family made out of snow. Um, is precipitated by Judy Garland singing um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which had uh, a darker line. I told you uh, this. This is fascinating. I um, the orig- um, and now I, I, I may, may get this a little bit. Uh, I, I think that it's a very bittersweet song anyway. Um, it is, yeah. And, uh, and especially the way that she sings it, and it's just like, uh, and it's like, I don't know. It's like one of those things that you watch it, like it's like it's beautiful, and you and you also you think about her life and like what happened to, and it just right. so the whole the whole thing is there. But originally, the line she, that she was given was "Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It might be your last." And she was like, <laughs> "Absolutely not. I'm not. I'm not singing that line." And it's it's one of those things that. Um, it's really interesting for this period as well. Like, you know, we went over this uh, a little bit, uh, well, because um, it's the, the big point of the film, but we went over this when we talked about uh, White Christmas, uh, but like the the presence of the war, and we're going to go over this when we talk about Christmas, Christmas in Connecticut, is um, it's here um, by its uh, omission, and like the time period is 1903. So this is coming out, it comes out in 1944. This comes out like in the middle of the, of the U.S. involvement in World War II, and it would only last another year, but people in 1944 didn't know that. Right. Like, you know, that, that, that it was just going to be one more year. That that thing, like, could have gone on forever. And so, it, like, that, that's a line that I think came from, uh, from the that war era. war experience. Like, yeah, yeah like, so that it came from 1944, placed in diegetically 1903 uh, in, uh, in what's happening in Meet Me in St. Louis. So, like, it, it's... That that I, I think is really stunning and worth watching the film to to get to right. That that's that's an amazing scene, and I think the, I mean the other thing is that you really get a sense. There's this imperious father figure who just makes the mm-hmm. decisions by fiat for the family, yes. and then in the end he has to recognize his own castration, and then and then and then he 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 reneges on his decision, like he goes mm-hmm. back on it, and I think that's so that that I think that's pretty important and that makes it that situates it in the christmas film genre and i also the other thing i liked about it musically was Mm. the way that that the the film used the song to express a kind of solidarity among people so yeah this is a great point by you yeah yeah please please tease that out for everybody so the, the the film opens with one character singing then another character they run into another character who then picks up the song who then walks somewhere else away from the first, and then, and then someone else picks up the song again. So there's a sense that like the music is like a thread binding people together. And yes. then what's really great is that so the father makes his decision to send the family to New York, and and they're having dinner when he announces it. And then they just everyone's just like they're they're getting ready to eat cake, and they're like I'm not hungry, yeah. I don't want any cake. And so everyone just kind of walks off, leaving him alone just to eat his cake by himself. And then he's very, you know, he's very distraught Mm -hmm. and he starts to, he sits at the piano and starts to sing. Mm -hmm. And then this, when he starts to sing other people, the whole rest of the family, it's a huge family. Whole Mm -hmm. rest of the family comes into the living room and starts to sing along with him. And I thought that was such a great, and and they kind of forgive him, I think Mm -hmm. in that moment. Right. But, but it's, 
like in a way, just just starting to sing is the way that he stops his authoritative position and and joins this solidarity, this democratic song, right? Like that. So song is a kind, and I think it's important. Have yourself a merry little Christmas has that kind of tragic undertone to it because mm. that's the thing that binds people together, right? Like this sense of loss, a sense mm. of 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 trauma. And and I think once he starts to sing, he partakes of that. And then the family can can come together around that sense of loss. Whereas when he's the just the pure authority figure, then it doesn't it doesn't work. Everyone just kind of scatters. Yeah. No, it's a great it's such a great point. And and that it's the first time he sing, that he sings in the film. I think it's the first time we see him sing, right? Yeah, right. and like you don't even like when he starts to do it, you're like, oh my god, he's gonna start singing. And his uh, the his wife and everyone else has sung by this point. That's true. By that point in right. time, yeah, that's right. the thing. Like, 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 I'm sure that you can see. I'm sure there are other musicals where like people pick up the song or, or, or whatever. Right. But, but this particular moment, I, I do think is, uh, is is really interesting and, and and unique to what's going on in Meet Me in St. Louis, and it's precipitated by his wife. Uh, that's that's Mary Astor, right? That's Mary Astor from yeah. Silent Cinema days, right? Fan, right? Just absolutely fantastic. She, do you remember this? That she's playing, and he's not hitting the right notes, which is very and nice. She goes, "Let metaphor. me play it down in your key." Exactly, and that's yeah. what precipitates the rest of the family coming down and them understanding each other. So yeah. I think that that helps, uh, like to to carry that uh, that the theoretical idea is is really really interesting. What's going on in that scene, um, and. All of this is all of that stuff is is really great, but there is not a um, uh, as we said we have we have necessary and insufficient conditions for uh, what is or is not a Christmas film. And uh, yes, the father accepts uh, his castration in the film. That apps that totally happens. Uh, no one is uh, necessarily rescued from cynicism. Right, right. No one's wrestling with the cynical position at all. In fact, no. everyone is really genuine in the film. I think. Yeah, I think so too. It is what what happens with the father. I I, I don't know. Maybe there's a see. Th- this is the thing is that like the um the the cl- I think the closest that that we could argue would be would be the father's position because he right. I, I that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's the that's the cl- that's the closest that that gets there. But I, I think it's he's just not like he's this driving force of this. Uh, tension in the movie. He's not the main figure in the same way George Bailey is in right. It's a Wonderful Life. Right. So it's, you know, it's more, so, so much more about the daughters. And so like him being the Im- imperious father figure, as you've put it, like compromises that like uh, overcoming uh, uh, cynicism or moving to a different position. But he does make this, um, this There's point. a shift in him, right? There is a shift in him. And, and it's an interesting um, philosophical one where he, he, so the film kind of kind of has the the uh, a trajectory that you that is not um, uh, unfamiliar to uh, like the Hallmark film, which like as I said in that previous podcast, like I like I'm like I watch most of them um, because that's uh, I I I don't 
I don't like when someone tells me to watch a movie because it's really great. I almost never watch it. But if someone tells me like, hey, you should like this is a film. It's like not that great. It's like I'm like immediately a thousand times more interested in it because uh, like because a lot of times with a recommendation, someone's giving you super ego. And I really don't like that. So um, and and people don't aren't they don't do it on purpose. But that's what happens is like you get a recommendation from someone. Oh, you should see this thing. It's so great. They're giving you super ego. Like so it's hard to like it after that happens. I I, I totally think that that's true yeah yeah I mean, that yeah. happens to me i can't tell you how many times it's happened to me like i just got it built up too much and i feel yes. under pressure to like it and then <laughs> yeah. I, I it's it's like trying to like tell yourself you have to go to sleep it's just impossible yeah. it's right it's too like, yeah it's too difficult and the hallmark film never does that to me <laughs> and that saves <laughs> you from that right you don't have never, all your friends are not saying you got to watch these you films. gotta right. you gotta watch the you gotta watch lights love hanukkah um that was a film from last year that was uh yeah. Uh, it was pretty good, um, I, I thought. But the um, what happens a lot of times in the Hallmark film is that it's someone from the city, usually a woman, ha- has to go back to the country for some contrived reason uh, and realizes that she has to give up her city life to uh, marry some hunky country guy or something. And like there's a oh, that's the, and that's that's just out there that's like in in culture like I even saw this tweet the other day that like someone said like I watched a Hallmark movie backwards and the uh a, a woman uh, dumped her dopey country bumpkin boyfriend <laughs> to become a uh, wear power suits in the city and drink coffee all, like you know yeah, and become self you good. know like so so that's that that's out there in culture but what um and so you know, there, there's a way of understanding what happens in Meet Me in St. Louis that's, like, very similar to, to this kind of trajectory. They're going to go to New York. They're going to go to the city. They reject the city to stay where they are and to stay in St. Louis, which is in the Midwest, which is, you know, it's not that's, – that's certainly a city, but it's not a city in the same way uh, New York right. is. But something that's really great about Meet Me in St. Louis is from the very beginning, the characters are adamant that St. Louis is a city. Right. So this isn't – right. this is not like a – country over the city thing that is not at all right not at all part of this film um what happens with but it is about isn't it about isn't sorry okay i'm just gonna say isn't it about the way that the the father is drawn to this better position in Mm -hmm. that he identifies with new york and then Mm -hmm. like st louis is like okay i'm gonna accept that i'm not i don't always have to be trying to get ahead right like i think Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what staying in st louis Means and of course the title alludes to that as well. But then what's great is that the spring is like two minutes long, right? The spring section is <laughs> yeah, not right, long. Right, and you're right. like, how can there be another season? There's like five minutes left in this film. Um, but but what what happens is they go to the, the the whole film has been leading up to the World's Fair being in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They were going to miss it if they went to New York. Yeah, they stay in St. Louis. They go to the World's Fair, and there's this amazing sight of lights, which you see for about three seconds. And then it's just the film ends with them looking at it. Yeah. So it's there. And and the shot is of them. It's the reverse shot of them looking. And, and, and so that, and there's this like joyous look mm-hmm. in their eyes. And I think that that, like I was saying to you before that I think it's a kind of a anti wizard of Oz. Like it's okay. It's not that <laughs> yeah. we have to go back to Kansas, but that within Kansas, you can have this, moment of incredible enjoyment, right? That, that mm-hmm. it's not, you don't have to st- constantly be striving for it. It's already, it's oh, already yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the, no, no, this is exactly where, where, where I was going, which is just that like what, what the father does is that like he rearticulates uh, home. He finds another position to take up to that, which has become 
uh, so mundane and regular that you don't even see it anymore. Right. And that, that I think is a pretty cool attitude. And, and in uh, a way it's it, kind it of moving beyond cynicism, right? Yeah. In a way, kind of. So there have, it's, uh, yeah. Have we, conv- have we convinced ourselves? Do we, I know, maybe. I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I do have to say this. I'm liking it more talking about it than, yeah, I, me too. than I felt while watching it. It's <laughs> me not, too. This yeah, is, does too. not have our highest recommendation. No, let's put no. It that way. Yeah. No, but the idea, the that's well, this is what happens all a, a lot of the time, right? Like, is that like the film, the film, the film that sometimes is a, a maybe a chore at times to sit through and watch can be like really amazing to think about. Theoretically, like, yeah, yeah. Like I think that well, I mean, you, I think you and I think this. There's a Herman Melville book that I think you and I think this about the most, which is The Confidence Man. Which Absolutely. Is, amazing to think through and it's really hard to read like it's like, hard to read it's right. a very, very right. hard to sit through and read that book yeah. um yeah partially because um i i think he was he was writing antagonistically because of the failure of Moby he hated Dick. his so, audience basically yeah he, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. um but it's a fascinating book to think about but uh, yeah. yeah so so i think uh, yeah meet me in st louis a little bit in that in that range, I suppose. I don't know. I think I'm coming around. I'm warming to the idea that maybe it is a Christmas film. It's, uh, yeah, I am. I kind of am too. Yeah. 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 It's just, I, I think I, I have a slight problem that like it, cause then, cause I, I just, I, I just wonder if that compromises the, I mean, this is something for you and I to work out, um, maybe more, uh, t- ticky tacky later, but like, I wonder if that compromises the, um, the him, his, does that go side and side with his, the acceptance of, of his castration? Do we I, well, that's an interesting question, I think, right? Like, like to what extent does seeing the authority as non-castrated imply cynicism? And then yeah. vice versa, seeing yeah. the authority as castrated, does that, is that always a freedom mm-hmm. from cynicism? From maybe, cynicism. maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe. That's that's kind of interesting yeah. to think about. And, and this film, I think, pushes in that direction. We both like watching much more the next film holiday oh, yeah. except we also think you cannot it simply cannot be recommended yeah as a christmas film because it is it, it has the distinction of being the only film that we will probably ever talk about that is in spike lee's horrific montage sequence in the end of bamboozled for yeah. the example of hollywood racism where linda mason uh Bing Crosby is putting blackface. So it's bad enough that he's putting blackface on Linda Mason, right? Mm-hmm. To do a, a routine for Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Although the oh, blackface like, I, does, want, I want to add another another layer. Yeah, to add this. another he, wrinkle. Yeah. The other wrinkle to this is he's doing, and I think we might have mentioned this on the other Christmas episode. We didn't talk specifically about Holiday Inn, but he's doing that to hide her from right. another man so right. that because he is possessing her as, a, uh, as an object. Right. Yeah. So it so that is interesting. So we get one of the ways in which sexism and racism just are intimately mm-hmm. linked together. Mm-hmm. But so 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 oh, the, the, what I was going to say is that, she, that as as she's putting the blackface on, she goes, "This is my punishment for thinking how pretty I was going to look tonight." So just <laughs> horrific, yeah. horrific. Yeah. And then there's the Louis Beavers plays this mammy figure. There's two mm-hmm. black children who are act stereotypically like it's just and and the, yeah. the the routine that the blackface routine that that uh jim hardy has been crosby's character jim and and linda mason do it's just it's horrific it's terrible yeah. yeah um and and in fact it's so bad that sometimes when the film would play on television stations they would just, they just cut it they just cut it out yeah I they think just all cut it out yeah 
You think all the time? Yeah. Well, I don't I mean, know. Now, I, don't I, know I just all the time was, forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, so 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 it's it has that in it, my, my, and then I was just, you know, I just rewatched it again, and and it's it, other than there's some things in it that are really great, mm-hmm. and I mean it's a little bit like other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. What did you think about the play? Right? Like it's <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like it's point. determinative, right? Yeah. So yeah, but I think that. I think both of us would maybe say it could have been the most radical Christmas film. Yeah. And I wonder if, this is my thesis, that mm-hmm. that the, or this is just an idea, whatever, that that the, 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 the turn to racism in the film is a retreat from the very radicality of the idea that they're working out in the film. And yeah. I don't know. I just think yeah. that that's, I wonder, it seems to me like that happens often in Hollywood. And even in, politics right like like uh think about the think about the you know the populist party in the united states in the, around the turn of the century right mm-hmm. like radical radical political party then turns to like the same people like are are radical leftists and then turn to racist populism you know and, mm-hmm. and thus right-wing populism so mm-hmm. it's just interesting that that has that is always a way to kind of like dull the potential radicality of a of a position. It's so it's so unfortunate too. Uh, uh, like the the formal uh, radicality is, I mean, is, is really I think what we're getting at with this film is at the it's not the act it's not the last last scene, but the um, because there is the this penultimate line, scene. I think is right? the pen, yeah, I think it's the penultimate scene is like. It uh, it's like a Bergman film, like it's it it's really kinda, is. Right? It's really you it's can't like even the, believe it's made in Hollywood. Really, you all yeah, like you won't like to have. I mean, I, this is a kind of this is why we're talking about to have the like frankly like the sh- like the shocking racism, but especially by today's standards. But to eat, but to to see it play out and to see all the layer like it to have that side by side with this um, end sequence in Holiday Inn where Bing Crosby's character goes, he's ruined his relationship with, uh, his, Linda Mason. The, with Linda Mason in, in the, in the film. He's absolutely ruined it, but he's gone out to Hollywood to try to win her back. And she's right. starring in a film that is based on what she did at Holiday Inn. Which he owns in back in Connecticut. Back in Connecticut. Exactly. So he right. goes to a set on Hollywood, uh, in Hollywood that is, the it's the, the the it's the inn it's the holiday inn which someone tells him they recreated from pictures and but it's actually the set it's actually the set of the of the movie that you've been seeing like the entire time but you see it as a set and you see people working like you see the like I, like I said Bergman because it's like the end of persona like it's it's crazy that right. you, this was in 1942 uh from a Hollywood film that also includes just out of this world racism and what what occurs in in this scene is not just like meta uh, fiction for metafiction's sake, right? Is, because then it would be that would be sort of, sort of just, I mean, okay, not standard for a Hollywood film, but a kind of a standard idea, right? Like, yeah. oh, we can show, we can show the camera, blah blah blah, right? Yeah, right. right. But but it's more there, than that. It's it's more than that. There are, there are only really two two or three shots in this whole sequence that la- it must be like ten. 15 minutes, uh, or not, maybe not 15, maybe 10 minutes, uh, yeah. like two or three shots where you, where you don't see, 
either a set or someone working. Or uh, And so what happens is Linda Mason character is in character in the film and they're shooting it, they're doing a take and you watch them shooting it. Like you're seeing the, the like the camera person uh, like shoot her along. A tracking the shot, right? This like tracking track, shot, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, along the sleigh ride. You're and seeing then, a tracking shot of a tracking shot. Yeah, and then you right. see the tracking shot. It's crazy. Like and right, and right. uh and then she gets in the house and what's what's and happening the, and, and and she's a, we see her arriving at the inn where she had worked with with Jim, the the Bing Crosby character, right? Mm-hmm. And then she comes in all alone. Mm-hmm. She's all alone, we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. And sorry. oh yeah, oh no, no, you're good. <laughs> that um yeah. So but Bing Crosby's there. He's waiting for her because he he snuck into the set. He left his uh his pipe, his tobacco pipe on this piano. He pull, he he set this whole thing up because he's gonna he's here in a, a grand romantic gesture of affection. But what's uh, also even if that was the thing that was happening, that would still be kind of Hollywood. But what's occurred, what's occurring like theoretically in this scene is that she has to like she's acting through the fiction of the movie that she's in. And it's right. through th- the this fiction, through these fictional feelings that she's portraying, again, diegetically in the movie within the movie, that she comes to a, a new position, like the father in Meet Me in St. Louis, comes to a new position on her relationship with, uh, with Jim, with Bing Crosby's character. And, yeah. and so yeah. it's through, it's just such a Hegelian point, right? It's like through this fiction that you... Uh, that you recognize truth and that the truth, sp- right, right. Spirit arises yeah. in, but it's, it's inseparable from the fiction. It's not like you, you, like you couldn't, you couldn't get there without it. So those two things are, are, are bound together. They're intrinsic. They're inseparable. It's just an utterly incredible idea. It's incredible. Incredible sequence. incredible sequence. Yeah. I think, I mean, even if you don't watch the whole film, you could just see, watch that last sequence. Although I think mm-hmm. the whole film kind of, you know, it's, is there to set it up, obviously. But, the, mm-hmm. you know, the other a couple other great things is that you mentioned she picks up the pipe. Mm-hmm. So she's singing. She starts singing White Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's his song. Mm-hmm. She starts singing. And whenever he would sing the song, he would ring four bells on the tree mm-hmm. with his pipe. And so she sees the pipe. And then all, all already she's thinking, like, wait, something's amiss. Why is Jim's well, pipe here? She just does it. Well, that's the that's that's the best example of the going through the fiction to, right, to the truth right. because she just starts using it like a natural thing to ring the bells, and it's only after she's used it that she recognizes. Wait, why is this here? Why is this yeah. pipe here? Right. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So yeah, it's good. It's perfect. So first she uses it, and then she then he comes on to the scene, and then they're like, cut, cut, cut. Yeah, cut. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, obviously that is too real to be in the in the film but i think another important thing is that the the person he's competing with for her heart ted mm-hmm. uh who's the da- like jim is the singer ted is the ben crosby's the singer ted fred astaire is the dancer right so and the the opening number the crooner of the film and the hoofer the crooner and the hoofer right the yeah. opening number is singing dancing and and they they kind of back and forth between the two and they're both mm-hmm. that's their that's their act initially yes um and they each have they have partner they have a woman they're working with and and ted steals this first partner lila who was mm-hmm. going to get married to jim and yes. then he steals her away and goes and develops an act with her jim gets a new girlfriend mm-hmm. and then jim steals her away too yeah, although 
Jim kind of blew it with her. We'll talk about yes. that in a second. But then, yeah. but what's important about the fiction is that mm-hmm. Ted is shut out of it, right? Like he yes. comes at yes, the last nice. minute, the light goes on, the guard says, I don't care if you're the studio head, once that light is on, you aren't getting into the scene. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And so because they're they're filming and film costs right. so much money, they're not going to let somebody. I wonder if that's true today, like because they're shooting mm-hmm. on digital. Don't they just let people come in? And, and maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but but I don't think they do even now. I think they probably have the same uh, thing. But it, I, I just think it's important. He's cut out of the fiction and then mm-hmm. uh, and and Jim is in it. He's embedded mm-hmm. within it. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's why Linda's going to run into him while she's performing the scene. Right, right, right. Yeah, and uh, Fred Astaire is, like, it's, it's very interesting. Like, uh, um, I think you and I both like these moments uh, in film where uh, the, like, two characters occupying different uh, positions uh, politically, excuse me, ideologically, like, whatever it is, uh, just they cannot be in the same place at the same time. Like, they can't be in right. the same frame. Uh, they cannot yeah. occupy it. And when it's, it's just, it's really striking in that sequence that like what Bing Crosby's character has done is he's constructed this whole thing to be able to have like a private moment with Linda Mason to be able to reconcile. And he's constructed it so that Fred Astaire can't be there to get in, in, in the way. And so uh, as he's physically shut out and finally gets in to witness them reconciling, which we don't see, as, we uh, don't see right as right. Uh, as the audience, but we only see him seeing them reconcile. So, like the like the two things are like the like those two things are not reconcilable. Like in the frame itself, right? Like they right. cannot, they be, cannot be in a frame at the same time, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the it's interesting. Like whose castration mm. is this film about? I think it's interestingly nice. about Ted's, right? Yeah. Like. Huh. Isn't that the thing? Yeah. Like he seems like a great, like a, a impossible lover to combat, right? Like mm-hmm. he steals mm-hmm. two, basically. Okay, it's it would be sexist to say he steals two women from yes. Jim. Like he, like <laughs> yeah. he convinces two women to leave Jim and go with him, yes. right? Uh, and so it seems like he he really has the phallus, right? So mm-hmm. and, and yeah. then. I think what the only thing that enables Jim to to tr- even and I, part of it is that vis-a-vis Linda he doesn't even make an effort he kind of just says oh she's gone it's just it's just over once she gets the chance to go be with Ted she's it's it's over mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. he even the notion of going out there mm-hmm. to fight for her mm-hmm. uh that's that he can only do that once he recognizes and the audience I think too recognizes Ted's castration. Mm, yeah, that's like, I think that's a really nice point. Like the, because like that enables the act, right? Like that enables the act. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it's, it'd be, uh, like Ted has, has, um, you know, and again, like the, the way I think something we've said, um, before, like a way to understand it, like all, um, all castration, psychoanalytically speaking, is symbolic castration, and right. and and symbolic castration like is something that you didn't have was taken away from you, and you're left sat with this, uh, this feeling of your total non mastery of the uh, of of the situation, whatever whatever it is, and um, so Ted has done that to Jim two times, 
He's cast, he, he's twice. He's castrated Jim in the film. And so it's so yes, I think that 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 uh that is correct. It it is and, Ted's and, castration that the, the film's about. And so but Jim has to be, I think I put it this way, Jim has to be and, and this is another way, just like in in Meet Me in St. Louis, I guess, where Jim has to ac- accept himself as a castrated castrate. figure right. to to right. to save to like to to steal himself from cynicism because or else he he never goes out to Hollywood to right, try right. to make, I mean, the, make this play and be honest with with his like feelings and affection for uh, that's for right Ryan, Ryan yeah right he's never like he's never been able to even make to articulate his feelings precisely because he's caught up in this cynical position I mean yeah. I think yeah I think in this in the cynical like like uh, like love rival thing with Ted, right like right the, that's a really good way to put it because yeah. he doesn't. Rather than just be honest with Linda about, look, I love you, I want to get married, whatever. Yes. Um, don't go out to Hollywood. So what happens is, or just before this, the, when he goes out and in, inserts himself in the film, mm-hmm. just before it, within the temporal, I mean, within the temporality of the film, a long time happened. Like I think a year goes by, but yes, but the yeah. the scene that we see before that is he's there's a performance. I think it's a Chris. I can't remember. It's a performance at the Holiday Inn that he owns. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood scouts are going to be there. Right. And he knows that. So he wants to make it so he he calls Ted's old partner, Lila, up mm-hmm. to perform with Ted and has someone drive Linda into a lake so that she can't she can't be there to perform with Ted. But then what happens is Linda gets out of the lake, goes, mm-hmm. hails a car, and it happens to be Lila driving up. She mm-hmm gets the lowdown from Lila, convinces Lila to take a shortcut, which is into the lake, and then leaves yeah. her behind and then is in the show and then the Hollywood agents see her. So his cynical ploy backfires. Yes. Right? Like that's the yes, that's absolutely. the point. And so Yeah, and, and being and, being involved in the in the sexist like one upsmanship with uh, with with women, like that that's the whole thing. The whole cynical thing backfires. Right. And he right. he right. like it has to re- reckon with that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. He cannot. And then and so that's what makes the end of the film. So I think impressive is that he's he he he's only able to do that once he realizes he has to profess what he feels for her straightforwardly and not try to manipulate in this. It's interesting that that like the sexist way is to manipulate behind the scenes. Right. And not just to be straightforward about your. Yeah, Affections. affection. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean yeah. that. Yeah, that cuts out. Like, um, I mean, of course, one can manipulate with lying about one's affections. Of course, but I, but I, yeah. I do. I, I think that um, that's an, that's an interesting dichotomy that the film uh, in- introduces. Right. Yeah, right from yeah. the position of the film, I think that that yeah. is that's what the film thinks. Right, like I, that's what I, it. I think that's totally true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like we said, like that, like that, that ending sequence is like is, is really, like I said, really amazing. It's like it's like if you saw Bergman do it, you'd think it was brilliant. Um, but then Bergman probably probably wouldn't have uh, the Lincoln's that, birthday sequence. He probably, probably wouldn't, wouldn't have do that, that. <laughs> yeah. uh, which yeah. is yeah. really repugnant and so hard yeah. hard to recommend. But it's like um, 
you know, this is one of those, uh, I mean, you know, white Christmas, like the song, like it's just very, very famous. Like in, and it, it is something that is like part of this era that concretizes what the, uh, what the Christmas film does. Um, so of course this is why, that's why we're talking about it. And it has this like formal intervention, but it does show that like the, I, I just think your, your point is really interesting that like when like that, um, racism, like the, the, the likes of which is in this film, which I think you said to me, uh, like like a week ago when we were planning planning this is like birth of the nation level. Uh, it is. I think it's that bad. I do yeah. think it's that bad. And yeah. it's in as opposed to birth of the nation when like that's that's what Griffith. That's the point of what he wants to get across uh, with the content. Like the this here is the like it it um it it I I, I just I like this point about like racism like overwhelming the like the yeah potential for like formal, uh, radicality or for, yeah. uh, something that like, the, again, that, that introduces a substantial, um, break from, right. uh, status quo, uh, of, of right. uh, like status quo, like filmmaking in this case. Uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, it's a very, it's a very good point. It's yeah. So yeah. hard to recommend, uh, uh, easier, easier to have seen and then talk about, I think as we, yeah. as we've been doing. Yeah. 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 Uh, the third film we're going to talk about is not hard to recommend at all, and it's probably one that no one has seen. Yeah. In fact, it takes place in the house, in the inn from Holiday Inn. We are, of course, talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger's 1992 TV, uh, made-for-TV film, Christmas in Connecticut, starring Chris <laughs> Christopherson and Diane Cannon, uh, also Tony Curtis, and Shaft himself, Richard Roundtree. No, I'm just kidding. This Ryan, uh, I think you've got it confused with the remake. That is the remake, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that is the remake. That's the remake. Um, did you, did just, just, just to put that out there, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is the only film he ever directed. Is only a film he ever directed. Yeah, is he must have really of, loved the original. That's what he I had to. Say. Have. Yeah, it must yeah. Have something. I don't know what it was, but he did that in 1992. He remade Christmas in yeah. Connecticut, which which we're talking, of course, about the 1945 original uh, that stars uh, Barbara Stanwyck. Now, if you haven't seen the film, this I'm going to give a, the one sentence IMDb uh, setup description, which is a food writer. Uh, which it kind of downplays it, uh, who has lied about being the perfect housewife must try to cover her deception when her boss and a returning war hero invite themselves to her home for a traditional family Thanksgiving. So that's the IMDb description. Uh, how do you, how do you want to complicate that? Well, God. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so Elizabeth Lane played by Barbara Stanwyck is this food. She's not really a food writer. She's more I, like a, I don't know, like a lifestyle Right, yeah, I, I think that's say. accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and she has an incredible following around the country, including uh, mm-hmm. among these returning GIs. And so what's interesting is... Like a Martha Stewart the, figure, I think, is probably fair. I think that's probably right, although yeah. she seems more compelling than Martha Stewart, but I, I think that's... <laughs> That's probably I don't know, right. Man. And Martha, Martha went. She she's friends. She's she went to jail. You know, she's like I, I don't know. She's yeah. hard. Okay, post jail, Martha Stewart. Yeah. Okay. Um. But but I think so. So what happens is there's these. I mean, the film interestingly begins with in in battle, right? Like yeah. so, it's really in the war. It's, and then yeah. Steve there's these G, there's these GIs, and and one a nurse wants to marry one, and she's like, how do I? get him to want to be married. And they're like, well, send him away. Like, see if you can arrange a weekend mm. or, or have him spend Christmas with this, this great lifestyle writer who mm-hmm. like, will 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 encourage him into the, 
like see it, let him see the beauty of married life, and then he'll want to marry you. It doesn't seem like a really good <laughs> strategy for for no. uh, getting someone interested in marriage, but okay, that's the conceit of the film, and mm-hmm. I'm for it because it sets up what I think. I don't know about you, but to me, this is one of those sequences. So he goes on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 main character's name is Jefferson Jones. Uh, Jeff. He he comes to the the house of 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 Elizabeth Lane, but she has to. They have to make up the house because there's yeah. a. She's not. It turns out it's all just a lie. She's not married. She has no kids. She doesn't, doesn't, know how to cook. She doesn't, doesn't live on a farm. She doesn't no. know how to cook. None of this stuff. No, so, she's in she's in New York. She's she's, she's a New Yorker, right? Yeah. She doesn't live yeah. in Connecticut. So. All- all the recipes are from her. Uh, that it's a lie that that it, that guy's her uncle. That's the lie for later. It's just her neighbor, whose name is Felix, who owns a Felix. restaurant, right. and who right. is played by. Uh, you will recognize him from Casablanca. From Casablanca, um, yeah. His name is S. C. Sackle, I think. Is, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, Sydney Greenstreet's in this film. Sydney uh, Greenstreet's amazing. Is this guy Alexander Yardley, who is the magazine magnate, right? Like he's right. the guy. Who publishes a bunch of magazines and Barbara Stanwyck's who, boss, uh, ultimate boss, right? Yeah, ultimate right. boss. Mm-hmm. So her editor says, "Wait a minute." Her, her editor at the magazine, who's in on the scam, yes, says, well, "We we've got to like the so the the nurse ends up contacting this the Alexander Yardley, the magazine magnate, and convinces him to arrange this thing. And he's the he's very like the father in." Mimi and St. Louis is very imperious, and he just yes. says, just do it. He never even lets anybody else say never anything, so they talk. can't object. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just says, just do it. And so Barbara Stanwyck, the Elizabeth Lane character, uh, her magazine editor sets up, there's a guy who's been asking her to marry many times. Mm-hmm. His name is John Sloan, and so he... Mm-hmm. Sloan agrees. They they set, He has a farm in Connecticut. They agree to like act like they're husband and wife and they even have a baby that they're not renting it's but like two different of, babies because the housekeeper babies. takes takes care of them one while the women go to work in like the factory downtown or something right like that. so the baby yeah. changes this is one of the funniest parts of the movie the yes. baby changes halfway through Elizabeth Lane, the Barbara Civic character, doesn't even know. She doesn't even herself know. It's like this notice. one. She calls it it for one thing. Yeah, the whole and time it the baby. The whole never, time it. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, <laughs> the other character's like, wow, this baby's different. It used to be a boy, now it's a girl. Whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah. so it's that's very funny. Um, but the but the so they set up this fake living family rela- mm-hmm. relationship, and then the. The, the soldier is introduced into it, and the magazine owner is also entered, the Sydney Greenstreet character, also Alexander Yardley, also introduced into it. Yes. Right. And so we see, okay, the cynicism of every character is completely mm. blown up in the film mm. and genuine. And also, it is also a little like Holiday Inn, right? Because they set up this entire fiction, mm. and then the truth yeah. of. Jefferson's feelings for Elizabeth and her feelings for him, which are maybe more important. Mm-hmm. It's much more about her falling for him than him falling for her. I think, yeah. right? Yeah, she she falls for him like immediately and immediately, and yeah. and it's it's not even it's it's I think it's a little bit more than that. It's not just she falls in love with this guy. It's she's presented before as like as a woman who believes herself really not 
to have the capacity for the great romantic affection. Right. Like, right, like that's, right. that's part of her agreeing to, um, marry the, um, Reginald, uh, Gardner, uh, character, the, uh, John, yeah, John, John Sloan. Sloan. Yeah. yeah. Is just that like, ah, uh, well, you know, whatever there's, you're, n- you're never going to have the perfect love. It's, it's just, this is convenient. And we, you know, we both get something out of this arrangement. Um, and so she, so that position is completely turned on its head. Not just that, like she likes this guy better than the other guy, but just that like that she can feel these feelings at all is this thing that is like a, like a real rupture, I think right. uh, for her as a, as a character. Um, and uh, all like her, um, the uh, SZ uh, Sackle uh, Felix character is like kind of like kind of behind the scenes, like pulling the strings on a lot of uh, right. a lot right. of what ends up happening in the movie, um, it, you know, and, and it's, it's really interesting because, like, I so I just taught the, I just taught a class on the um, on the film noir and the screwball comedy, and of course we did Double Indemnity, which Barbara Stanwyck very famously in. She th- th- not that different in Christmas in Connecticut. Not that different, from, right? In from right. Double Indemnity, which is which I, I think is pretty fascinating. But something I was thinking about is like this is a this is a farce and not a screwball comedy, right? Right. And right. Th- and that difference is very. Uh, because there's no like the, it's not dialogue heavy for one thing. Right? It's not dialogue heavy, right? There's not the. Um, it's really more the because what happens in the screwball of, uh, and in the noir is that like there there is this pace to the dialogue and why is there this pace to the dialogue? Why is it so dialogue heavy? Well, it's because they can't have sex because no one can right. have sex because of the code. So like the the dialogue and the pacing is like is that it's taking that place. Um, but it here, I would like, there's a lot that happens and it's very like this evolving ongoing situation. So it's like the action takes the place of that physical connection that that can't take place. So it's like, so it's action heavy, uh, in a way, which uh, the screwball comedy can be, but is much more reliant on dialogue. So that the other, isn't also the screwball comedy. Doesn't it also have, it really focuses on an anti, a sexual antagonism. And yeah, this film yeah. really doesn't like they're, like yeah, right. they're pretty much fine, right? Like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. fall for each other about I don't know quarter of the way through to the way through the film, and yeah. then they're just they're kind of fine. I mean, there's there's it's maybe just the fiction that's the problem, right? The fiction is the problem, right? Can mm-hmm. we like she's fictionally married to someone else, mm-hmm. and so that fictionally so Jefferson, a good cook fictionally lives right, in the in the country, yeah, fictionally has a child, mm-hmm. um, so they got a get rid of that but mm-hmm. but th- there's no sense that there's this antagonism within their relationship which is no, i think no. absolutely like necessary right any any yeah. screwball comedy yeah like uh adam's rib right his girl yeah, friday yeah, yeah i mean most of those films they have to get divorced i mean this is uh stanley cavell's famous point right they have to get right. divorced and remarried right. in order to even stay together so mm-hmm. yeah that's that is absolutely not at work in this film at all right like Although, they're they're Although yeah. the only, only slightly she has to get divorced, it, she's just not married at all. So it's 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 a it's a uh, I don't know it's a it's a dip dip toe in that in, the, in that water. No, that's it's true, a, Ryan. Yeah, but but yeah. in those films, they're always it's a comedy of remarriage, right? Oh, and of she's course. not yes. getting yeah, remarried; yeah. she's getting married no. to someone else, right. even though she wasn't right. really married. But you're right; that is a kind of nod in the direction. Yeah, or like as it, in it happened one night, she has to reject the uh, the 
ar- the arrange the the uh, marriage the arrange well, marriage but, right. yeah which she's into but like but has to see the um clark gable character and that love is the more fulfilling and challenging one right. like that's the whole thing that, that's right. going on there like right. yeah like right. this this is is not a it's not a challenge. It's the situation that's the challenge. It's not the not the tie. That's that's the challenge. I think that's a really Correct. nice distinction right. between yeah, I think what this important. does and the screwball does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so that's. I mean, that's fascinating. It's just like it's just it's very funny and also like again like for a whole thing about like what makes the Christmas film the Christmas film like like she especially is is saved from this uh, cynical position. Right. Um, and the Sydney Green Street character is the one who has to like accept and understand his. Uh, his castration, um, which I think is why the film ends with an awkward cut and then him saying, oh, what a Christmas. Oh, what a Christmas, which I've been saying all week, uh, much to the yes. chagrin of Kara. Yes. Yes. Um, but the, yeah, so that's that's what's happening. Well, where, when do you think that happens? Do you think it, so there's a great mm-hmm. scene where there, there, the, for some reason, there's a, a town square dance on Christmas, yes. right? Right. And, right. Well, that's and what so I was going to say was there's not that much Christmas in this movie. So that's well, why, right. that's, that's why like in the same with meet me in St. Louis, like it, there's just not that much Christmas in the movie. And even in holiday Inn, Christmas is just like one of the seasons. That, one like, of that's the whole like, idea. 15 it's, holidays, right? Yeah. yeah. That the, that the inn is open. And so, so it, it's not like how much does something take place in Christmas does not make it a Christmas film. It's the, right. like it, the, these other things, but yeah, this Christmas dance, like, like, well, I don't, I don't know what this is. Right, and then so there's yeah. the dance, but then they kind of sneak away, uh, yes. Jeff and and Elizabeth Lane, and then they're they steal they're, a carriage. They, a horse it's interesting, carriage. right? They steal yeah. a horse carriage, but they don't mean to steal it. They're just right. they're sitting in it, mm-hmm. and then the horse something happens. The horse starts to take off, and then the Alexander Yardley, the Sydney Greensea character, starts to follow them. Yes, and he's kind of watching. He's because he's worried that there's something un, like she's going to ruin her marriage and then not be able to write the column. I think that's his basic worry. I right? think so too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And just, or just, you know, adultery is bad, right? Or something like he yeah. thinks there's something so, bad happening. Something he needs um, to be the cop about or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. And, but then as he's, fo- as he's following them, he falls down into a ditch. Right. And so yes. he's unable to really continue to follow them. And then the actual police arrest them, mm-hmm. not for adultery, but for stealing the carriage. Right. Right. And then, and then so they when spend they, a night in jail. they spend a night in jail together, when they really, that's when their love really gets realized, right? I think. Yeah. And I think they realize it to, to themselves. Is that, am I right in remembering that it's actually Christmas night that they spend in it's jail? It's Christmas night that they spend <laughs> in jail together, right? It's not Christmas <laughs> yeah. Eve not, night. Not Christmas Eve, right, right, right. Yeah. Because yeah. we've just had, like, and this is, I think, really fascinating too. So she has to learn, she can't. The other thing about the film is, and which is just remarkable, is that she doesn't perform any of the tasks associated with femininity. Right. And he, Perform- the Jefferson Jones military veteran, yes. does. Right? All he does all of them. Like, he knows how to, the main thing he does is he knows how to change a baby. He knows how to fold the yeah. diaper and change it. And she has no idea. And how to he knows hold, how to the, hold baby. the baby. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and he exactly. plays the piano, like he sings, like it's, yeah, Kara made this point too when we, when, after we were watching it, that that like he's very much in the, like, it, it, it's, he's in the, like the, like the feminine uh, archetypal position, if you like, that you would, right. you know, right. expect to see, especially in, in a Hollywood film of this, of this era. And uh, Barbara Stanwyck's character is uh, very much more in the like, 
in the more masculine position in that, like, she didn't really know how to do anything. She has money, but she's like, all, all these people are propping her up. You know, like there are all kinds of men in movies now where that's like, that's the whole right. thing. Like, like they, she they doesn't want to get they, tied down. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So it's, um, and it's, I just think that's, yeah, that's right. It's like pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, uh, what that this is just even in this like this film in 1945 uh yeah and the the it's yeah i think you said like you never want them to leave the house because it's just so funny like the uh uh just the movement in yeah yeah in, and but god oh no, no oh no so, so that was that was just gonna be my, my next thing is that like i think that what is uh there is a kind of purpose to um some like a lot of times in a like in a farce it's like people are just like running around you don't like it's or it can be like um you know so, sometimes th- th- it'll happen in like a Marx Brothers film where like you'll lose like what's the threat of anybody doing right, anything because right, it's right, ju- right. it's just for these like these like which and I love all the Marx Brothers movies all of them so not a criticism uh, exactly but it's just like just you connect lose, the gags together right like, yeah, exa- yeah exactly where, where this is like it, there's um. There's a lot of motion and movement in the film, and there, it's it's all always like to a point, and I and I find like even in in that it's uh like thoughtful in how the how the film plays out. So that that another thing I find like really really uh, uh substantial and excellent, uh, especially from this period. Yeah, and all I mean, this is tied to the point about the fiction, but isn't it also true that it's really a film about how misrecognition is the way that you really. Yeah, come to really? recognize someone, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's a, just a great way that the film, like, it's only when you see the person incorrectly that yeah. you have a chance of really seeing what they are, right? Yeah. Like, that's, there's just a series of misrecognitions that take place. Like, of the baby, <laughs> like, the baby gets the misrecognized. Baby. Yep. The, you know, she gets misrecognized, obviously, as this capable mother figure. She's not. Mm-hmm. And, but it's only through that, initial misrecognition that then well, she has a pen can, name too. That's the other thing too. That's right. That's right. She yeah. has a pen name. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Like she's, well, I think Elizabeth Lane is her actual name, but she has to claim that it's a pen name because yeah. she's oh, acting she, like she's Mrs. Sloan. Sloan. Right? Mrs. Sloan. That's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 Nicely. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Nicely remembered. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That, that, so there is that. Conf- so that's, that's kind of nice too, is that she has to, and that's really nice. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I, if I knew that I like forgot it from when I watched it for, for doing this prep, but like it makes a nice, it makes a nice theoretical point is that she has to introduce herself as somebody else. And right. in, in, in a sense, like her, like her name has to change as not in the way that like, you know, uh, a, a woman has to, t- has to take a man's name and that, that sort of, that sort of like sexist thing. But it's like her, her, her name, like what it means to be Elizabeth Lane has to change in the film. Right. Right. You know, like right. it has to undergo the, this kind of reversal uh, that uh, that we that we see with uh, Bing Crosby's character in Holiday Inn. And we see with the father in um, Mimi in St. Louis. And Mimi in like, St. Louis. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. All right. She yeah. has to give up that that certain kind of cynical relation. I think that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think I also this one thing I, I it's a little frustrating, but I okay. now afterwards I love it about the film is that it's all centered around this big dinner which she is supposed to cook, but yeah. has no idea how to cook. So she's going right. to rely on the Felix character mm-hmm. to cook it for her. And she even says like, oh, I don't want to, I want to spend time with you. I don't want to cook. I'm going to let Felix mm-hmm. it. But, you know, like he's my sous chef, which pisses him off. But, <laughs> uh, 
but and she ends up like faking like she's cooking it. But the amazing thing is like it's all, the whole film is centered around this Christmas dinner, and we never see it. Like it's yeah. just like there's <laughs> there's the build up to it, and yep. then all of a sudden they're sitting around afterwards smoking cigars. We're like, wait, you're like, wait a minute, um, what happened to the main scene in the film? Right? Yeah, yeah. That's so. Is that like there's a lot of things like that? That's I mean, isn't that like in Casablanca when um, uh, uh, Rick and um, Ilsa uh, yeah make make love, but it's just there's the cut and and yeah. then right like yeah. it's like it's yeah. um yeah it's it's but but, but so the, uh, so you're you're equating the dinner to a sex scene. I think that's fascinating. Yes. I think that's right. Yes. Yeah 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 because they're in they're in, they're in they're in jail. But I I, I think it's not as like I, I don't I, I certainly I don't think that there's. I don't think there's enough diegetic information to sustain the similar kind of reading that you can with Casablanca, but no, I do think no, no. that, yeah, but, I, but I do think that, um, it's that, so what, what do you make of the absence? Like that's, I think that's something that the film is asking us to, um, to think about. And it's like, she couldn't have, she couldn't have sustained the fiction you think through the dinner. Like that seems like probably too hard to pull off. Right. And, right. and so, so what's the important thing? The important thing is, of course, that like the, these characters have like a a reversal in who they think they are, and that that occurs uh, while in prison, not in a scene that you that you see, but like afterwards. Like it's it's a little bit like a um, I, I I think of a really so to to use a term from Shakespeare studies, it's a little bit like a green world, but you don't see it. Yeah. So, so in uh, there's a so like a, from as a, you like it. Yeah, from as you like it, or I think um, uh, Mids, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, maybe Midsummer the most famous. Dream, yeah. But yeah. in a lot of the comedies in Shakespeare, fun little like quick Shakespeare note if people aren't familiar with this. There's this idea of the green world that what Shakespeare does is he has these characters who come from like usually from the city actually, uh, and right, they're right. they're they're um, overwhelmed with life there and with who they are, and then they go into the wood. Uh, and they sometimes, uh, like the, like the gender performance completely changes as in the case and as you like it, uh, or they just become different people or, uh, there's just, there's something like magical and like, and, and, and soft and harmless where these characters can like try out either like different identities or, 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 or points of view or, um, just like, just be different in a way that doesn't, um, immediately affect the the day after like it, it's not going to change it, it doesn't have a, a direct correspondence with the day-to-day life in in the city but once they leave they are forever changed so it's not that like the 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 country in the city or, or I should put it this way in the shakespearean way the green world in the city don't have a direct correspondence except that they change the people who enter the green world when they go back to their right. to their daily life right. that they have undergone this fundamental change and that is exactly what happens in the dinner and the prison scene that you do not see this like in this absence you have this this the this this green world in a prison of all places uh where and it's only after that where barbara stanwick's character uh um, elizabeth lane like where she's ready to give up the lie because she right. knows that right. she knows that giving it that's the whole thing that is the tension if she gives it up she loses her livelihood she loses everything right um, and in fact when she gives up the lie alexander yardley fires her immediately yeah immediately right. 
Yeah. Right. And she does. And she's like, like finally, you know, like it's in, but it's only after that. It's only after that night in jail, the way that it plays out that that night in the green world, I guess is what what I might call it uh, in, in, in the absence. Uh, Yeah. That's great. And then, but then it, what it's fascinating, like the film doesn't even end with that, right? Like it ends Mm -hmm. with this fascinating, the nurse who set up this whole thing comes, comes to the, to the house, to the Sloan house, the farm in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And tries to, and 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 you think like, oh, she's going to come back for Jefferson, right? Like right. that's it seems clear that that's what she wants. Like she's mm-hmm. she's got him. Uh, what would you say? Like introduced to the idea of domestic life, and now yeah, she's going right, right. to. But it turns him. out mm-hmm. she's fallen for someone else, and so but we don't know that. So mm-hmm. it his seems, partner so the, from the beginning of the film, his partner the from guy, the beginning, right? Right. Yeah. The mm-hmm. other guy that survived the the the, the, the ship. in the war, yeah, yeah and the yeah. ship that sank, yeah. So right, they they survive on a raft together, mm-hmm, right, for mm-hmm. n- numerous days, I think. Anyway, yeah. uh, 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 but but so so you you think she's coming for him? She's actually coming to try to give him the bad news, but he wants yeah. to give her the bad news at the same time. So so they're both <laughs> avoiding saying the thing. If they just said it straight out, yeah, they'd both say, "Oh, it's okay, it's fine," because I want to be with a different person. They both want to be with a different person, but they can't just articulate it directly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's again mm-hmm. this thing where you just can't go directly at the thing. You you have to. It's only through some sort of misdirection, misunderstanding, yeah. misrecognition that you finally get to understand the truth. Yeah, yeah, and it was re- really, really nice. And I, and I I think that's like, uh, you know, the in the films that we um that we looked at before those five films, like that's, uh, you know, like a diehard, I, I think the, you know, the, when, when, when does John McClane accept his castration? Uh, you know, it's when he thinks he's going to die, um, it'd be, when he's pulling glass out of his feet and he tells Al Powell that to tell his wife, sorry, which he never, yeah. like this yeah. great line. She heard me say, I love you. Like it's something I'm going to butcher it. Like she heard me say, I love you a thousand times and never once heard me say, I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. And yeah. which I do not think is a line people remember from that movie, but it's no, very, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah. Very important. Um, and yeah. you know, in White Christmas, the whole thing is about. Uh, well, in fact, actually, the tension in that film it, it ends up becoming about like what the um, uh, Rosemary Clooney's character thinking that they're taking advantage of an old right of an the old man's castration, basically. Right. The yeah. motivation of the Danny Kaye and Ben Crosby characters. Right. Yeah. 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 And. Uh, so it's um, anyway. I I just think like the so this like having to go through so the 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 sort of if we're gonna add a third thing I I don't know so much that, that this one holds for everything but this like go, going through the the fiction like they're yeah. like in 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 White Christmas like it's this fiction of the idea of like what they're putting the uh, the play on for and or, or sorry sorry the musical on and uh, and uh, I I don't necessarily know that that hold so much but like uh well it certainly is true of it's true and it's a wonderful life right like there's a whole fiction of of what the town would be like if he hadn't been born without him yeah yeah and i guess maybe in die hard um john mcclain only has that realization as he's pretending to be someone named roy talking to uh, to al on the other you know so maybe that 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 is something if we uh, thought about it and played it a little bit longer is, is in these films as well but like that this movement through the fiction to find like a, a dialectical reversal to come to a point of uh, point of view or state of being that you simply could not have, unless you went through the, uh, the ringer of whatever that, um, 
the the action of the of the film happened to be. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty good. So each year we'll add one more little insight to our yeah. <laughs> or right. quasi insight. I have to say like, <laughs> to our, uh, our 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 understanding of the Christmas. That's pretty Christmas good. Did not film. intend that, yeah. but that but that but that came. I think that came through in this, like in yeah. uh, in in each one. It was very very, very yeah. nice. So the, the lesson for today it, it has to be make this Christmas a Christmas in Connecticut, right? <laughs> Yes, wa- def- definitely watch, definitely watch uh, uh, Christmas in Connecticut. I think, and you will not uh, feel yeah. bad about yourself for the racism in the film either, because it, no, it, in fact, there is that kind of funny scene, almost like it's apologizing for Holiday well, Inn. Do you? Know? I, I, I was just going to say that. I think you know, it's a kind of an anti-Holiday Inn film. I mean, it's in fact, yeah. it's a kind of representation. I, I think it's a, a hapex actually in mm. classical Hollywood. Interesting. Can you think of another one that's like it? I can't. We should I mean, say what it, it is. Say what it is. Oh yeah, there's this moment where um, so the uh, the SC Sakel character um, who also like I think immigrant labor is also like pretty yeah like foregrounded yeah. as well in this film yeah. Uh, yeah. like in in a, like in a, a number of different ways. But there's uh, and it's it's clear I think also he's fleeing the Nazis right like that's yeah I think that's also yeah. there as well yeah that's yeah. Um, and certainly his association with um, Casablanca doesn't hurt like the right. um, extra textual. Right. Uh, information right. for the film, but he he doesn't understand this word uh, catastrophe, and he asks, um, I think the host of his restaurant, who is so. uh, uh, yeah, uh, who is, who is a, black like, black New Yorker, who yeah. g- gives him the like uh, etymology the, basically of the word right? of the entire word, and then and he does like he doesn't understand. He keeps calling it catastrophe. Catastrophe yeah. is like, is it good? Is it bad? And it's like it's really really bad. Like cat- catastrophe yeah. is bad. Yeah, but the, like it's the exact opposite. Like it's the black character provides like the, he is like the intellectual, the only site of intellectualism in the entire film, in the entire movie. In fact, a, a kind of insight that, um, you like uh, who in the audience seeing in the film audience even has for, for the, for the movie. Like, like who, who, who knows that except the classics major, right? Like it's right. Like, no one like, would know that. Right. No right. One right. Right. That. Clearly he's like a Latin scholar, right? Like, yeah. He, yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, so that's so you're right. It's a kind of like you you almost when you're seeing it, you're almost like, wait, am I not? I thought I was watching a classical Hollywood film, right? Like, it, <laughs> like, like yeah. why isn't he talking in a certain you know in a racist way? Like all the, the like he doesn't. There's no like like he talks to, just like a person really talks, right? Like he doesn't yeah, have any of S- the. And it's hard yeah. to understand S.D. Sakel at times. Like, right, like to, right, to get all right. the to get all the lines is difficult. Right, um, right, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's like it, you're right. It is, it is, a, it is a hapax. I think that's a that's a. I think, I think it has true. to be. Like I, I really, I mean, I've seen a ton of classical Hollywood. The closest thing I can think is out of the past when he goes. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Robert the, Mitchum goes to a jazz club, and they're yeah. they're like the char- the people he's the, the, he's talking to a group. It's a table of black characters, and they're. They're pretty, they seem pretty sharp, but as, the as problem is, yeah. as characters, right? But yeah. the problem isn't the problem that it's noir, right? So he's like going into the underworld. Yeah, into the underworld. And so there yeah. is that kind of association. So yeah. I don't, but, but that would be the one time I can think where you see black characters talking in a really, in, but not even, but still not as intellectual as this guy. No, no, yeah. I mean, like you could. I mean, it's it, it is sort of the same thing where um you could you could say because it's just the one scene, 
with a black character in this in in Christmas in Connecticut. It's like that that ends up being uh, condescending. Uh, right, right. Oh no, I think yeah. you could say that, but yeah. I think you know. But what the hell? I mean, like, given what the what else was happening? Yeah, oh, certainly. You know, certainly. like Holiday Inn had just been made, so yeah. like you know. And out of the past like, is two years after this, right? That's forty seven. Forty seven. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, like that's you know, and there's. I mean, a, I'm um, surprised. I, I have to be honest. I'm surprised it even got past the, like Breen. I don't believe because, it did because I'm looking at this on IMDb. This is fi- really interesting. Is that Meet Me in St. Louis? It says uh, past, and Holiday Inn, of course, it says past, and Christmas in Connecticut says not rated. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, so maybe um, that's. I mean, there's a lot of suggestions in it that are like she seems to be living with a man who's not yet her husband. You know, like there's all kinds of it seems like they've had sex. There's all kinds of implications. But not least of the violations would be like they're showing a highly learned, classically educated black man. Right. Like that. Yeah. I um, I'm just in a really quick Google. Um, I don't see that this uh made it through the Hayes office there, there isn't anything that i'm seeing huh. um huh. but uh but yeah i mean it's uh yeah it's like because what, what's the um i mean the thing it, it's just it's it was so much easier i mean especially the holiday an example stands out for this reason like it was just so much easier to do like uh, like that, that film, there's a lot like that, that, that's sort of the things like that film has a lot more screen time for black actors, uh, um, but, but right. n- none of it is, it's all terrible. No, it's all terrible. It's all, all really, terrible. really, really, really bad. Yeah. There's and, not one moment that's, there's not one moment that's redeeming. No, not no. one moment. That's like you said, or, you said earlier, like, I mean that, 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 um, there, the, the, the main, she plays a mammy figure. She's just called mammy. She's called like, mammy. That's, that's just right. it. Yeah. Right. And all she does is serve him. Right. Like she's the yeah. reason he goes out. Pursue, like she convinces him to go pursue, pursue Linda Mason in, in yeah. LA. But yeah, she's, she's, just, like, she's just completely secondary. Right. Like uh, yeah. She's, yeah. And integral yeah. in the plot in that way, but made, made secondary and, and, made and secondary. also like, uh, yeah. also de- depicted, uh, abominably, but which is again, why the lesson is, uh, it has to be to, to watch uh, Christmas in Connecticut. Christmas in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to have to look that up if it, if it, uh, did not pass. I mean, how would it wow. have come out if it didn't go? Yeah, no, I think it had to have, it had, had to, to have. Passed. Yeah. 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 I mean. All right. Cool. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. Todd. Over and out, Ryan. <laughs> Over and out. Thank you.